Three minutes after 11 o'clock, Daniel McCarty in the chair for N Smith at this morning. SENZ Mornings with Daniel McCarty with the branch, your local John Deere equipment supplier. At the US Golf Open, Wyndham Clark leads by two. Now he's 12 under for the tournament. Rory McIlroy hunting him. He's minus 10. Ricky Fowler, who's dropped a couple of shots today. He is two shots further back in a, well, in sole position of third. Xander Schofele has uh, moved alongside Scotty Scheffler in a tie for fourth. So some real big names, uh, as you would expect, uh, as we hit the uh, final round of the US Golf Open. Uh, yeah, Grand Elliott's peppering me. He's got money on Wyndham Clark, as you would have heard on the Saturday session. Uh, it sounds like after speaking to Paulie Mawadi from the TAB, uh, Grand Elliott's not alone, um, fair to say. There'll be uh, regular TAB updates as the day goes on. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. Let's welcome in the great man, though, as he does on a Monday to talk all things at Rugby League. Huge week, of course, uh, with Game 2 of State of Origin on the horizon. Uh, let's not uh, lose sight of what has happened in the NRL as well this weekend. Uh, some interesting results, especially the one for me on the Friday night with Rep Footy. Uh, maybe taking uh, its toll on the Panthers. The Cowboys had a win over the Panthers to open the round. Also wins for the Roosters, the Eels, the Storm, and the Sharks. And what have we got? Of course, uh, round number 17 kicking off with the Dragons hosting the Warriors this coming Friday night. Uh, the doyen of Rugby League in Australia, Mr. Andrew Voss, joins the program. Happy Monday to you. Uh, you know, Daniela had a ball over the weekend. Uh, not, not just Rugby League taking in all the sport. I mean, you know, you just... You virtually don't have enough hours in the day, and, and how good is it? The US Open finishing so late. We're watching it all morning, um, and on the back of Ashes cricket overnight and a round of rugby league in a state of origin week, we may be in sporting Nirvana. <laughs> there's, there's no lack of sport coming out of the you know the wirelesses across SEN and SENZ, and, and gee, that Ashes is ready for a two day shootout, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, and under great skies, Australia getting those two wickets. Uh, I actually broadcast here in Australia our breakfast program this morning. We had Trent Copeland as co-host, uh, Cope's former uh, New South Wales great here in domestic cricket and, and former test player for Australia. He still thinks England noses in front just a bit. First session, so important. Majority of the wickets in this test have fallen in the morning session. So if whoever wins, whoever wins this first session will set themselves up for the remainder of the test, one would think. So in this very congested sporting weekend that we have uh, just witnessed to and thoroughly enjoyed, how, how did the NRL sort of elbow its way as far as uh, front of the headlines? What were the big stories over the weekend? Well, the biggest story of the weekend is, is it's remarkable what sport can do. And a bloke called Alex Twal, who's never played rep footy, he's a first grade player, on Saturday night playing his 116th first grade game for the West Tigers. And the entire rugby league community, Australia, New Zealand, all over the world, celebrated a moment where Alex scored his first NRL try. It was the longest current running drought by some stretch of any player. And uh, off a bomb, he's just the, the right place, right time, falls on the ball and has his first try. And I was in commentary and I just, I just hit the roof when I realised it was Alex <laughs> who fell on the ball. Not ran, not ran 5, 10, 20, 30 metres. No, just fell on a ball in goal is his first try. And uh, we had Alex on our program over here this morning, and he's been pulled up by everyone. He's getting messages. You know, like, seriously, it, it was such a, um, such a joyous moment that, that what sport can do, and it shows you who our, our, our heroes are, like, or, or those yeah. that are respected. 
This guy has respect simply because other fans see the way he plays. Uh, tries his heart out every week. Uh, tackles yeah. his heart out. Runs hard. Um, and, and appreciate his sense of humour, that he's had good fun. He's had, you know, the, you know what take it out of him about no tries for a number of years. Uh, and for him to get his first try, it was a really good moment in sport, not just rugby league. One of those players we have admiration for, real workers, you know, all effort men, always gives you what he is capable of. I'd like to know, yeah. what was the celebration like? It sounds like your call, Vossi, might have been a, a little bit more dramatic. Did, did he have a routine, or did he just get up like uh, a hard worker? No, I think he went into shock. I think he went into shock. <laughs> I actually went into shock, because, well, I'll let our listeners know, when you're calling the game, and I've, I've got to say, you know, greatest try that I've scored, uh, called, was Nathan Friend throwing it between the legs <laughs> to the Warriors, turned it upside down. Now, I witnessed that live. I saw what happened, but it was like my brain said, I don't believe what I just saw. And in commentary, I think my line might have been, what happened there? What happened there? Like, I, I saw Nathan Friend get tipped upside down, but I had to watch a replay to confirm in my head what actually happened. And it was a bit like that the other night, that I had to, hang on, that's Alex Twal. Alex Twal! Like, it was, I was in shock. <laughs> That it was Charlie <laughs> fell on the ball. So, yeah, you, when a bomb goes up, you're not looking at the players off the ball. You're only looking at the direct chases. So you don't, you're not sort of aware yeah. of who's looming up if the ball goes wide. You're only looking at, you know, it was Brent Naden charging through on the kick. So, yeah, an incredible moment. I'm very lucky to have a job I have to be able to call it work when it's so much fun. <laughs> what a shame this storm rudely interrupted and scored five unanswered tries after that. Selfish. <laughs> Selfish. Yeah. This happens. This happens. Uh, also from the weekend, look, I tell you, um, Parramatta. Now, they made the grand final last year. Uh, I am not writing the eels off. They have been in the bottom half of the ladder for the better part of the season. But are uh, getting on a little roll now. Absolutely demolished Manly on uh, Saturday afternoon, 34 points to four. Have moved up to 18 points. Um, that is only, you know two behind the likes of South Sydney, who have been talking as, you know, potential uh, premiership favourites, only four behind the likes of the Panthers and the Storm, and six off the lead held by the Broncos. I think Parramatta are putting together a pretty good challenge at the moment um, and are ready for a big second half to the season. I think they're one of the stories out of the weekend. Yeah, six points separating one through 11. It's awesome. It's not... It's happened recently. A few years ago, it was it was similar to this. So, have you have you started crunching the numbers as far as how many wins you think a team will possibly need um, yeah, to, to make it? Because we've had some real flu- we've had some real fluctuating numbers, haven't we? I, I think the eighth place last year, the Raiders had fourteen wins. We've had teams get through with ten wins, eleven wins. The Warriors in twenty eighteen had needed fifteen wins to get in, uh, inside the eight. What do you think this year, Vossi? Then we certainly get to see, you just look at the table right at the moment, and I'll give you the the prime example is the Titans. You see them, oh, gee, they're having a good season, 18 points. Now, well, they've actually now already had their three buys for the year. Uh, It's just crazy that some teams just had their first buy for the weekend and the weekend just gone by, the likes of South Sydney um, and, and the Broncos, and yet the Titans have now had their three buys. So their points tally is boosted by six points. They're on 18 as well, but they've won... You know, only one more game than the Bulldogs sitting second last on the ladder. So, you know, that's a, that's a crazy stat for you. As for how many points, well, no, it is going to be tight. And, and not so much points tally, but it's quite obvious that points differential, and the Warriors know it all too well. They missed the finals one year on points differential. 
Um, that is going to be so critical. And if you're going to lose games during the origin period like Manly did, you can't be losing by 30. You know, because at the end of the day, come, you know, the end of all our regular season competition, points differential this year more than any other is likely to decide some positions both in the four, in the eight, and whether you play finals football or not. Because I think that's how tight it's going to be in terms of um, competition points that it will then go to the countback system of points differential. Mm, interesting, yeah, for sure, for sure. And the Warriors, no doubt, just want to get back playing again because the last couple of weeks, last couple of performances, uh, interrupted with the bye, they, they've looked very sharp, haven't they? Defensively, really, really good, and uh, the attack is starting to take steps forward. The Warriors will fly under the radar this week um, for a couple of reasons, and and they kick off the next round on Friday night. One is it's State of Origin Week, so that's going to occupy hearts and minds across here. But secondly, their opponents this week are the Dragons. The story around Ben Hunt is a massive rugby league story. Uh, The captain of the club wanting an immediate release. If Hunt plays, he'll be booed by all and sundry. I don't think Ben Hunt will play. I'm getting the feeling Ben Hunt's already played his last game for the Dragons. Uh, And obviously you take Ben Hunt out of the Dragons side and the Warriors' uh, chances of winning are, are drastically improved. Because, you know, while it's unsavory for Dragons fans to see their captain in this position, to say that I want an immediate release, they can't escape from the fact he is their best player. He's not just their captain, he's their best player. So they will be in shock, but there's, there's a report going around this morning that he's even offering to pay money to the club to be released. Like, this is just an extraordinary situation that will come to a head. And it's in an origin week, where he's involved midweek in origin. I mean, how does this get settled? But hmm. with everything I'm hearing and reading, I just don't see how Ben Hunt runs out on Friday night for the Dragons in any shape or form. Well, let's pivot on to origin, as you rightly say, going to uh, occupy hearts and minds um, in Australia and very much over here when we get closer to kickoff, for sure. So, so what, are the, what are the key talking points from a New South Wales perspective, if they are to send us to a decider? Well, look, need improved form. Let's go from the, the captain and work our way down. James Tedesco, his club form hasn't been great this year. He was criticised for his performance in Origin 1. So James Tedesco needs to stand up as New South Wales leader. We have halfback Mitchell Moses coming into the side for Nathan Cleary. Mitchell Moses needs to bring club form to the Origin stage, getting this opportunity. Um, and do that, then he will be playing as part of a decider. I've got no doubt if Tedesco and Moses play really well, and I think Cook and Robson, who are the two dummy halves that New South Wales have picked, if, if, if they get a combination right there around those spine players, I think New South Wales better than even money chance of winning. I really do. I think if the New South Wales attack clicks, and they are key components to it, then you've got a bloke like Tom Trebojevic in the centres. Um, I, I think New South Wales can put potentially four or five tries on in Queensland, and I think that will be enough. But those key players have to perform. If, if Tedesco only has a, a 6 out of 10 game, if Moses has 6 out of 10, doesn't have a presence, then New South Wales are going to find it very hard. But um, I, I, don't have, I, don't, I know the, the, the betting agencies have Queensland as, uh, as favourites, but I still can't split them. I mean, I still go back to game one. It was New South Wales in front by two with seven to go. And then Queensland miraculously <laughs> scored two tries with 12 men. So I think, you know, New South Wales, if they improve, and I only mean by, you know, 10, 20%, uh, 
Um, they they shake Queensland's cage in Brisbane on Wednesday night. It's going to be it's going to be outstanding. No matter where you come at it, it's going to be outstanding viewing. Okay, so on the flip side, where do the Maroons look to improve? You know, where can they sharpen up on? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair question. I mean, they're all entitled to improve because they've had the one camp and, and you know, the, the fact of the matter is when they get together for 10-day camps, it sounds like a lot, but they really only have four ball work sessions. So you only have four sessions out on the field to work moves and what have you. So you're going to be better. You're going to be better in your second match once you've spent a little bit more time together. Um, three changes to the Queensland side since game one, forced by um, all forced by injury. Uh, so, but, but the quality of players they've brought in, I don't think anyone's got any question marks over them at all. Uh, Mo Fodawaka's form's been outstanding for the Titans. Jeremiah Nene proved how good he was last year. And uh, Xavier Coates has been there before in State of Origin. So they're not weakened at all, I don't believe, in the changes that they've made. Um, home ground advantage. Uh, stats show that over the years, of course, they've, they've won more than they've lost, but it's not as if they're unbeatable. I think the Queensland players will like playing at the Cauldron. You know, it makes it even better. Um, it, it sets it up for just a huge night. Um, look, I, I'd, I'd be really surprised if at the end of the game there's any more than, uh, a, again, a, a scoring play, the difference between them. I, I'm, I'm predicting we're going to get to the last 10, 15 minutes and not know the winner. I think Wednesday night will be something special. And I, I know I'm born and bred in New South Wales, but I've always just picked with head rather than heart. But can <laughs> my heart say I want a decider? <laughs> So, so therefore, I want a New South Wales win on Wednesday night because I would like this series to go to a game three. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding a 50 cent coin here. It feels like a bit of a toss of a coin game. But to, yeah. to hear you describe it as the cauldron, you know, for those who've never been there uh, during mm. a state of origin, uh, tell us uh, the sights, the sounds, the smells of Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, home fans, you know, wanting to tear that strips off the blues. You know, uh, explain that environment. Oh, well, it's everywhere from the moment you hit the airport then. You know, you, you, you feel it. And, and then the great thing about Suncorp Stadium, it's walking distance from the city. So, you know, they'll be, they, they, they crowd the pubs very early in the day um, and, and everyone, it's, it's just maroon. It's just maroon and those brave people wearing the blue. I can remember going to my first Origin game at the Old Lang Park working for a radio station in Sydney called 2UE, and for whatever reason, 2UE, we had uniforms, we had chambray shirts, pale blue chambray shirts. But back in the day at Lang Park, the commentary boxes used to be on the opposite side of the dressing rooms, and I had to go from the commentary box round to the dressing room, walk along the front of the, of the, um, of the terraces. I got pelted with cans because I was wearing a pale blue shirt. I mean, <laughs> I could have been, I could have been a Queenslander, but they, because I wore pale blue on an Origin night, I got pelted with cans. I still, I still recount the story with a badge of honour. I feel like I've, <laughs> I've run the gauntlet. I couldn't believe it. I'm just doing my damn job, but because I was wearing a sky blue shirt, I got pelted. So that that can be what it's like. It's a hostile environment. Uh, there's no question of that. But they yeah. do know how to party. Um, they do know how to rub it in if they win. So uh, there's a saying in big games, you've got to try and play to the silence. That has to be New South Wales' aim on Wednesday night. Play for the silence. If they, if they silence the crowd, they know they're going to be on top. Brilliant. Wonderful as always, Voss. You're always a treat to chat to you, my friend. Uh, look forward to doing it again real soon. Take it easy. Yeah, and some of those cans, they, they weren't empty cans. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you. It's a long while ago. 36 years ago, that was. I'm still getting over it. There you go. You, you didn't pocket the cans, did you? You didn't pocket, you know, no, no, I didn't pocket. I just put them down and go.
And nowhere to go. Did the job. Did the job. Like a trooper. Uh, it was many moons ago, but you were showing great experience on that occasion, Vossi. Great experience. Make no eye contact. Keep moving forward. No, no eye contact. No. Animal house it was. Yeah. <laughs> The great Andrew Voss always joins Smithy on a Monday. Thanks so much. Go enjoy your uh, remainder of the day.